Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. So, John chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible says, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. And I'm going to stop right there, and you guys may be seated. I'm going to title this message tonight, What About the Water Pot? What About the Water Pot? You know, we serve an intentional God. I don't think it's an accident that anybody in this room is here tonight. I believe that God is our creator. I believe that he has breathed into us the breath of life. And I believe that he has found his way into your life at some point. And that is the reason that you're here today. The Bible says that no man comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. So I think we ought to give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. You know, I'm thankful for that because I I grew up in somewhat of a, a rough childhood. My parents were addicted to crack cocaine, and I I started out in church, but they were in and out, and I I I found my myself in foster care at, at at a couple points in my life, and we were taken from our my parents. I lived in Coshocton. I was born in Coshocton, and um. Actually, we, we got placed with some family mem- members, thankfully. And um, my parents moved to Cambridge. So this is kind of a, somewhat of a home for me, too. Um, we live a few miles from here in the Cambridge apartments. And uh, that's when we were reunited with our parents. So coming from a rough, rough upbringing, I, I know that God is faithful. Like the song says, he's always been good. He's always been faithful to me in my life. And I would not be here today if it wasn't for the the hand of God in my life. And so we serve an intentional God today. Um, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything that he created, he spoke into existence. He spoke to the sky and the birds were formed. He spoke to the sea and the fish were were there. Uh, He spoke to the land and trees sprouted up. Uh, He spoke to the land and, and animals were formed. Everything that he spoke came to pass. But when it came to man, he was, he was very intentional. I, I, I read this scripture in Genesis 2 and 7. He, God formed man from the dust of the earth. And I just imagine him getting down, getting dirty, and, and reaching into the ground and just shaping man with intention and with purpose. God, ha- God has always wanted a hand in your life. He created us with a purpose. He's always wanted to, to be involved in the things that you are involved in. And the Bible says that he formed man from the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Amen. With intention, God has done this. And at some point, God has found his way through the avenue of your life. Like I said before, you're not here on accident. God has a purpose for you. God has a plan for you. This is... Um, this is the word of God. God, 
does not wish that any should perish, but everybody should come to repentance. Amen? And so God has found his way into your life at some point, whether it's through a family member, an invitation, uh, somebody was praying for you. You've came to a point in your life where, you know, you've hit the bottom. But God has been there, and it is, it is God who has brought us here. And so that, that brings me to our, our text today. John chapter 4 is the story, the famous story of the woman at the well. Jesus has came into Judea. Into Gal- he, he departed from Judea into Galilee. And the Bible says that Jesus must needs go through Samaria. He was very intentional about going through Samaria. It was not that he just said, oh, well, I'll just, I'll just, we'll just cut through here. No, the Jews and the Samaritans did not get along. Jesus was very intentional. His disciples even questioned him, why are we going to go through there, you know? Um, they usually took, went across the Jordan River. They went across water to get away from these people. These were somewhat of their enemies. But the Samaritans were part Jew. And so Jesus finds himself here intentionally at this well. And it is about the sixth hour of the day, and that is about noontime. So it's, it's pretty hot. And at this well, there comes a woman. She's a Samaritan woman. And she, why is she coming to the well at noon? What is the purpose for her to come to the well at noon? Well, if you read on, she has a checkered past, like maybe some of us do. She has been married five times. She, whereas most women would come to the well in the morning, and in the cool of the morning, get their water and then go home and have it for the day, right? She has to go in the heat of the day, in the middle of the day when it's hot because she's shunned by these people. And so Jesus finds his way, as he's found his way into my life and to our lives, Along the path of our life, whenever it seems like it's the hottest point, it's the most miserable point in our, in our lives, he's found himself, he's placed and positioned himself in our lives for a purpose, for a reason. He sends his disciples off to go get some, some food because he, he probably knows they're going to be like, what are you doing talking to this lady? We don't have any dealings with Samaritans. And that's even what she says. She says, what do you... Jesus, Jesus asked her, give me to drink when she comes up. And she said, what do you, why do you have any dealings with me? I'm a Samaritan. I'm nothing. I'm, I'm just a kid from the, from the crack house, you know. I, I, I'm nothing. Why are you talking to me? And Jesus said in verse 10, he said, If thou knowest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou would have asked of him, and he would gi- have given Living water. So, Jesus has the water that is of the Spirit. Right? But why is he asking her? Why is he asking of her this physical water? Jesus doesn't need a drink. He is there for a purpose. He is there intently. To reach this woman.
So he goes on to say, Whosoever drinketh this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well springing up of everlasting life. Amen. And she's like, well, well, give me this water because I don't want to keep coming to this well. I'm sick of coming to this well. It's hot. I, I, if, if I don't have to come to the well anymore, then I'm good. But Jesus, when I want to go back because when Jesus asked her, give me to drink, he was saying, give me what you have and I'll give you what I have. Just give me, give me whatever it is that you have because I'm going to take what you have and I'm going to turn it into something greater. Amen? Jesus' name. So, Jesus tells her after she asked to come, ask for the water. He said, go find your husband. And she said, I don't have one. And like I mentioned before, she had five husbands, and the one she has now is not hers. And so when Jesus reveals himself to her, he reveals who he is to her. He reveals to her, I am the Christ. I am the Messiah. And once she believes this, he says to her, there's going to be a time when you are not going to worship in any temple, but you're going to worship me in spirit and you're going to worship me in truth. He said, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship in spirit and truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so, upon this, his disciples came. And they said, marvel that ye talk to this woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou? Why talkest to her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way. And I can just imagine somebody saying, wait, what about the water pot? You left your water pot. So she learns who Jesus is, and he gives her this revelation of who he is. And he tells her everything that she has done. He said, you're... you're your husband is not yours, and you've had five husbands. So she perceives him as a prophet, and she believes he's Messiah. And so she leaves her water pot and goes. What does this signify? She left the water pot. She left the life-sustaining substance that is essential for her life. She said, I'm going to leave this with Jesus because he has everything that I need and she goes off and she runs into the city and she tells everybody what Jesus did for her and what Jesus said for her she wasn't concerned about the physical thing she wasn't concerned about the water anymore because she got something else she got the, the living water right amen so amen that's right Jesus name she left the water pot. She gave Jesus the water as he asked. And so, 
what is the work of God? She goes off to do the work of God. In John 6 and 26, this is after Jesus had fed the multitudes. He goes, he goes away. He goes uh, to, uh, to Tiberias, across the Sea of Tiberias. And there are people that had seen him do, these, do miracles and feed the fish and the 5,000. And he said, and, and these people said, Rabbi, Rabbi, which means master, how did you get over here? They didn't see him travel with the disciples over the sea. So they ask him how he got there. And, he, and Jesus just answers them and says, Truly, or verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. And then Jesus' Jesus's response is, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. And they said, how do we do the work of God? What is the work of God? And he said, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. What does this mean? What is believe? What does he mean by believe here? Believe means to adhere to, to trust in, to rely on, and to have faith in. The woman at the well, she believed him so much that she left the water pot. She left everything that would give her physical life because she realized at that moment that God had something more for her. He had some spiritual life. God said, don't, don't labor for the things of this earth. Don't worry about these things. Don't worry about what you're going to have to do. He said in Matthew 6, don't worry about what clothes you're going to wear. Don't worry about the food that you're going to have. He says, give that to me. Give me the water pot. Give me the water pot and I will give you everything else. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you, right? Amen. Make God's business your business. What did she do? She left her business of getting her water pot she left it with Jesus because Jesus is going to take care of everything. Jesus is going to take care of everything in your life. He has everything under control. We just have to believe him. The work, the work of God is to believe in him, to adhere to him, to trust in him, to rely on him for every need that you have. Because God can provide everything that you have. Amen? He can provide everything. According to his riches and glory, he will not leave you or forsake you. That's why we have to trust in God for whatever it is. Whatever it is that, what is it? What is it that we are holding on to? What is it that we're so worried about? Oh, I have to go in the hardest, hottest point of the day and get my water. I have to make this journey. I have to take this journey. I have to labor for these things. God said, don't labor for the meat that perisheth. Don't worry about every, every little thing. Don't worry about these things because God will take care of it. And I just, I just believe that somebody in this place has something that they're worried about. Whether it's financial issues, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's whatever it is. What, whatever, what is it that you are worried about? What is it that, that God, that you need to give to God? What, what do you need to leave with Jesus? What's your water pot? What, what's your water pot that you need to leave with Jesus? Because if you're not giving... You're not receiving. What, what is worship? Worship is the highest form of worship is imitation. 
Have you ever seen someone get tapped into some music, whether it be country? They're listening to country music. They, they find themselves in the store, and they get them a country cowboy hat. Or they go, you see him with boots. I'm like, man, you've never wore cowboy boots before. <laughs> He's tapped into some music. Or the kid in high school, when he, he goes away for the summer and his hair's black, he's got eyeliner on, he, he's got some music because he's got into some, some, some type of music. And he, what happens is when you listen to that music, you start to imitate it. It's called worship. Music was created for worship and worship alone. So when you hear this music, or these rappers, they got the blinged out teeth and the chains and, you know, they're, and then you see the kid trying to do the same thing, sagging their pants. <laughs> I don't understand that one. But it's worship. It might, you might not think of it as worship, but it's worship. Worship, the highest form of worship is imitation. So how do we worship Jesus the best? I'll tell you how. If imitation is the highest form of worship, God gives. He gave you, in, when, remember when I read in Genesis chapter 2, or yeah, chapter 2, where he breathed into breath, breathed into the, the nostrils, the breath of life? God gave you that. So now, what, what, you got to give it back. What does God want? God wants your life. That's all he's interested in. People come to church, they're like, man, these, these preachers just keep asking me for my money. That's all they want is money. Oh, put an offering plate. No, money is not what God wants or needs. God owns everything. Every good thing you have, the, the reason you can go to work, the energy that you have, the, the, the ability to see, to work, to use your hands, that's all from God anyway. Money is your life, because guess what you do with money? You exchange your time. What's your time? Your time is your life. You exchange your time for your money. Well, why does God require our money? Because he wants our life. He wants a hand in our life. He formed us with his hands, and he wants a return on that. So we worship God by when he gives us something, we give it back. Because we have to be a conduit for God to flow through. If we're not, then we're dying. If we're not, if we're not allowing God to use us and to flow through us and to, to, to be the vessel that God wants us to be, we're not truly worshiping God. So we give our breath back to God. We give our time back to God, our talent back to God, our treasure. And this is worship. God wants your life. And if you aren't giving, you aren't receiving. Because in the kingdom of God, it's, it's kind of backwards. If you need, you've got to give. If, if you need forgiveness, you've got to give forgiveness. The Lord's Prayer says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. That means in my life as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And then he says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those. He forgave us. That's why we have to forgive. Everything that he gives us, we have to give. That is true worship. And so she gave what she had, and then she went and did the work of God. What is the work of God? To believe on God. 
Because if you believe God, you're going to trust him. You're going to rely on him. You're going to have faith in him. And so she believed him so much, she, gave, she left her water pot. She left everything that was essential to her life and said, here you go. I'm leaving it with Jesus because I know he's going he's gonna to provide everything that I need. Amen. And Jesus later says in John chapter 4, he says, that his disciples come back with the groceries and they say, Master, eat. And he says, I have meat to eat that you know not of. And therefore said the disciples one to another, hath any man brought him aught to eat? And Jesus saith unto him, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. What is the finished work? Jesus did finish the work. The work was the cross. Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he resurrected. And now, what is our work? What is our work to do? Jesus, Jesus did his finished work. And now, and Jesus said, the field, look at the field. They're white and ready to harvest. And he that reaps receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. He said the, the field's white and ready to harvest. So God gave us mercy. God gave us grace. God gave us salvation. Now it's up to us to let that f flow through us and to reach people. Amen? But as I, as I come to a close here, I just, I just want to say that we need to take no thought for what we're going to wear, what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink. We need to focus and give and hand everything over to God. Leave it with Jesus. Because I can hear Jesus saying, I must needs go through Cambridge. And so he finds himself down the pathway of your life seemingly, maybe the loneliest part, the highest point of frustration in your life, the bottom of your financial pot, and you've tried everything, you've tried multiple times, tried to live for God, failed, tried to get right, failed. It's only when you leave your pot with Jesus and let go of control of everything that you have in your life that you, that you think you just need to control. He said, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat that endured to everlasting life. The only thing that we're going to take with us is a soul to heaven. We don't have to focus on I know we have to work, we have to provide, but I, I, I figured out a long time ago that everything that I do, I'm going to just give it to Jesus. You know, like, like Brother Luke mentioned, I'm a barber. When I had my clippers, when I first started doing that, I took my clippers, had a little shop set up in my basement. I got on my knees and I said, God, I give you these clippers. I want to give everything that I have to God. What is it today? What, what is, what's your pot today? What's, what do you need to leave with Jesus to go forward and to do the will of God? What, what's, what's your pot? And in Malachi, the Bible says, will a man rob God? How will he rob God? In tithes and offerings. Like I told you before, God doesn't need our money. God wants our life. And if you trust everything that you have with God, 
He's going to provide everything you need. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things will be added. Your house, your clothes, your food, God is going to take care of you. But he said, bring your tithes and offerings to the storehouse. Why? He said, that there may be meat in my house. What is the meat? The meat is to do the will of the Father, to do the will of the one who sent me. And that's just one example, the financial example. That's just one example because we can be focused. That's one of the, our main focuses. We worry about money. We worry about bills. We worry about all these things. But if we trust God with everything that we've got, if we're down to nothing, that we just got to give something. If, if, we're, if, we, if we have unforgiveness in our heart, we just got to let go of it and give because God gave to us. Is it mercy that you need? Give it. He gives, so we must give. We must imitate God. We must imitate him in worship. This is our opportunity to worship. What is it in your life today? What is your water pot? What is the pot that you're going to leave? What are you going to give and let be entrusted to Jesus? Why don't we just close our eyes, bow our heads, and focus on God right now. Think about it. What is it in your life that's maybe holding you back? What is it in your life that you just need to entrust to Jesus because you can't do anything with it anymore? God, I can't do it anymore. Is it your salvation? Is it your soul? The work is finished. The work is finished on the cross. If you need salvation, it's here for you. We're a representation of it. God can do anything. I told you a little bit of my testimony. God is the only one that can change your life. He's the only one that can change your heart. What is it today? In Jesus' name, God, I pray right now that you would reveal to us, oh God, what it is. What it is that is hindering us, oh God. What do we need to surrender to you, God? Because you go out of your way to enter into our lives and to show us a better way. Jesus' name, God, I pray right now, Jesus, I give everything to you today. I trust you, God, with everything in my life, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. In Jesus' name, God, you are good. Hallelujah, Jesus. True worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. Whatever it is, God, I give it to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because I'll never know what it costs, oh God. My life is just I give my life as a return, oh God, to you. I return my breath to you, oh God, to do your will. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.